This is Bragging Rights, a show all about college football, where the conversations are lively, the topics are trivial, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. And now, here are your hosts, Madison and Pierce. Welcome in to another edition of Bragging Rights. Conference championships are in the book. We now know who is headed to the playoffs, and there is controversy abound, just like we like it in college football. Uh, before we get into our recap of Week 16 and all that was to behold on our TV screens this past weekend, I need to introduce my co-host. I'm Madison, and I'm joined as always by my brother Pierce. Pierce, how are you? I'm just grand. I'm grand. After uh, the week we had, there were no surprises, which were was slightly unfortunate. Um, we, I was hoping for a little bit of chaos, uh, as we all do in college sports, specifically football. Uh, excited to get into the bowl games. Excited to recap this la- this past week. It was, um, while some might argue uneventful, there were still some some big time highlights that came out of it. Some some good storylines. So excited to dive into that and excited to, uh, to give a little, uh, uh, week's preview for the bowl game. So excited to dive in. Yeah, we will get into the bowls. Uh, the way we're going to do that, just so that you guys know, uh, we'll get some house cleaning, housekeeping, house cleaning, whatever out of the way. Um, we're going to go through the bowls week by week. It's just hard right now to sit down and look at everything with, you know, things that are in flux. Who knows what's going to get pl- be played and things of that nature. We've already had uh, one shakeup, uh, Tennessee not being able to field the team for the Liberty Bowl versus West Virginia. Army, who previously had their bowl game uh, canceled, is now going to be tapped to play that game. So that's why we're just going to do it a little Tennessee bit more. Tennessee backed up? Uh, yeah, they had coronavirus, too many coronavirus cases. So they've been replaced in the Liberty Bowl by Army, uh, which is good for Army because they were going to get left out and they have a way better record, record than Tennessee. They finished the season nine and two. So um, good for them to find a home this bowl season. Um, I hope this doesn't happen very often throughout the bowl season that teams are having to cancel because of COVID. But, you know, I understand these kids are these kids are done uh, upholding the strict, uh, you know, I don't know, quarantine, COVID guidelines, whatever you want to call it for the schools. So um, I get it. It's going to happen. We're going to keep things really fluid because of that and just look at it at a week by week basis. Make sure you're subscribed here to this feed wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss those episodes as we go through the bowl season and look at the postseason of college football. Uh, we got a few weeks left. So you don't want to miss anything. Uh, and then also follow us on social media for any changes and things of that nature. We'll be keeping you up to date with the news at Bragging Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. That's bragging without the G. All right, let's jump in, Pierce, uh, with the week 16 good, bads, and downright uglies. Pierce, my good performance of the week is Trey Sermon. Uh, I tweeted it out. Put it on my Instagram. Uh, some people didn't take kindly to it, but the Ohio State people who listen to this podcast, I'm sorry, but it's true. Uh, if you think that Ohio State is one of the cream of the crop programs in the nation right now, you either don't watch enough college football or you're from the state of Ohio. And if they had not had Trey Sermon Pierce, they would not have won that game. Justin Fields obviously does not look ready to perform on the, uh, you know, big stage, if you will. Uh, I will say, I think it's a little bit of the, the fact that, you know, you can look at the fact that Ohio State hasn't played that many games as a good thing. They're really rested. They've only played back-to-back Saturdays one time the entire uh, stretch of the whatever seven games they were scheduled for. Um 
so they had some rest and stuff like that. But I also think it sh- they struggled to really get in a rhythm. And you kind of need some of those clunker games to kind of figure some things out. And I think that they didn't have those to really get things driving. We'll see if they can get it together for the playoffs. But Trey Sermon looked unreal. 29 rushes, 331 yards on the day. Uh, unreal. Um I mean, the Oklahoma, he's a, he's a transfer from Oklahoma, and if they didn't have him, they would not have won the conference championship, but they did so. Good on them. Good on Trey Sermon. Um, not a great performance from them overall, but that young man uh, looked stellar. So that's my good performance of the week, Pierce. Mine has to be, and, and obviously, not hard to guess, the Clemson Tigers. I mean, listen, I, 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 I'll I take the L here. I had Notre Dame. I, I, I was still bought into Notre Dame. Going, I told you though that the line did scare me um, at a ten and a half point spread. That being said, I, I loved I loved Notre Dame. I've been riding them most of the year. They had some some doubt early on, notably against Louisville. I just didn't think they would get blown out. I didn't think Lawrence would be better than Uyunglele as far as I, I didn't think he'd throw for more than four hundred thirty. But you saw what he did. He he solidified this offense, gave them that two-headed monster that was just too hard to overcome. And once the momentum uh, was was off the Notre Dame side and firmly firmly on the Tiger side, it was game over. Uh, was was shocked to see that. But you know what's funny? At the end of the game, I sat back and went, "Yeah, well, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I I, I should have seen that. I got I got too caught up in my emotions. Um, so got to be uh, the Clemson Tigers." My bad performance of the week, Pierce, is targeting in college football. Uh, they tighten these up a few years ago, these rules up. And I understand it's done for player safety. Um, and I'm not against that. But there's something to be said about when it's malicious. And you and I both know, and we'll be sitting there watching, and we're like, yeah, that was textbook targeting, but it's not his fault. He was already in the air by the time the guy started crumpling over. Um, and it's, you kind of do have to take into consideration the intent behind things. Uh, two different targeting calls come to mind on the weekend. The first one was if you weren't watching the Iowa State-Oklahoma game early on in the day, uh, Iowa State early in the game had their best defensive player called for a targeting and, and it, you know, he led with his shoulder, it hit, it hit helm, or, you know, hit his helmet, the uh, Oklahoma player's helmet. And so, yeah, you can make the argument that it's targeting and it, it was and everything like that. But the Oklahoma guy had already started going down. It wasn't like he launched. It wasn't like he meant to take the, you know, to, to really hit the guy hard. It was just unfortunate series of events. There was no malicious in- intent there. He went to make a textbook tackle and just so happened the guy started crumpling over because he got hit on, from another player and uh, got called for targeting. He's on the sidelines crying. He's worked his butt off to get to this point. Iowa State uh, looking to do something that they haven't done. I don't know ever, maybe in a long time, at least I know that. Um, And they had a chance to beat Oklahoma again and he gets taken out so early in the game and he was crying on the sidelines and just, you could tell he didn't mean to do that. And I just hate that he was, you know, taken out of the game. Should it have been a penalty? Yeah. Cause you got to have player safety, but to be taken out of the game like that is just brutal. On the flip side, I think I'm remembering this correctly. It was Ole Miss. We were sitting there watching the Ole Miss game, or we had flipped over to it for just a second, and they had a player called for targeting, and he was being celebrated on the sidelines like he had done something. Yeah, was it Ole were, Miss? Yeah, I believe okay. it. Yeah, it was Ole Miss, and they were um, 
they were spraying that uh, the, the oh gosh the um, fire extinguishers up in the air yes. and it was just like they were what going, is going to high five in yeah. him everybody the coaches were coming over and celebrating him and I was like that's that's the difference right there the difference in that reaction right there is a dude who went out there saying I'm gonna take the fucking guy's head off and I don't care excuse my language I don't care what it's gonna what it's gonna result in versus a guy that just went to make a textbook tackle and it resulted in a targeting I hate that I think that that needs to be reviewed immediately get it done because there needs to be a difference between you're ejected from the game and it's a it's a penalty clean it up it's unfortunate it happened it's just like hands to the face or face mask you know some of those are not malicious either but you got to keep consistency the problem is there's just a blanket targeting rule um and sometimes things are called targeting that definitely shouldn't be and sometimes things are called targeting that are not called targeting that definitely should be so there's just no consistency there and i hate 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 that rule so i don't know why i'm questioning this now they got rid of the five yard face mask penalty correct no. no no if you face like you mean like if i go to tackle you face mask i pull your face mask that's a penalty no, I know. I'm saying there used to be, maybe it was just for the pros, maybe why I'm getting it mixed up. I, I started to question when you said that. There, I know in the pros for a long period of time that if it was like a swipe to the face mask or if oh. it wasn't egregious, it was five yards. And if it was a bad one, it was like 15 yards. That's kind of what I would propose to for for the targeting you know if it wasn't if he didn't necessarily spear or if he didn't catch him helmet to helmet or if it was clear that you know uh, he was he, he was falling to the ground and 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 not just like barely ducking but i'm talking about like tripped or something and was going down and dropped like a foot and that's resulted maybe you just give him a 15 yarder right. roughing you know roughing play at a penalty and then uh, but I will say, here's the problem with it. It sounds perfect, but you bring too much judgment. You, you bring too much of a judgment call into the ref's hands. And I think that where everyone always gets so upset is when there's too much power in the ref's hands. Yeah, but I think it's, I, I agree with you in that sense. There's too much human error there potentially, you know, and then, you know, if you're the team who it's borderline, you're, you're all up in arms. Um, but I do think that it's, it's clear enough to me that there should be a little bit of a differentiation to your point, because sometimes you just with the face mask, sometimes your hand just gets caught in the wrong place versus sometimes you make a malicious attempt to throw the guy down by his helmet. It's the same thing. Like the, 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 it was just a very stark contrast on Saturday, watching the games with a young man who was devastated because he got caught in the wrong place, t- making a tackle versus a guy who was getting, celebrated on the sidelines like it as if he had done something special and so to me and granted you can't make that penalty after the fact but to me it was just very clear too on the hits one was malicious and one was not I don't know how I'm not a rules expert I'm sure that there uh, would be a lot of messiness but I do think that there needs to be some kind of review of it because it's just it's just I mean we've we've seen it happen to Georgia we've seen it happen for you know against teams that are playing Georgia and it can change the momentum of a whole game. So um, I just hate it for that guy. And, and it's, it's a, it's a bad blanket rule in my opinion. Hey, what's your bad performance of the week, Pierce? My bad is, I mean, it's quite simple to be honest with you. Gotta be Justin Fields. And I hate to say that because he's not a bad player, but we've started to see a trend. He's struggling against the blitz. He's struggling in I argue that they are uh, big games, but their biggest games of the season. He's really struggled. Uh, turn the ball over. You know, you want a player of his capabilities 
his potential to, to to try and make plays. So it's tough to ask a kid to hold it back, rein it in, throw it away more often. But at some point, you need to figure that out. And and especially if you want to play at the next level, you got to figure it out. I think it would help their team if he'd maybe not try to just run around in the backfield and, and make some crazy plays, uh, try and do a little, a little bit much, too much, to be honest with you. Um, but he's such a, t- a talented player. It's hard to rein a player like that in. It'll be interesting to see how this moves forward, but he's got to be my bad performance of the week, and I, I kind of cringe because – I don't want to do it to him. He's he's not a bad player. Uh, my ugly performance of the week, Pierce, is more so just a comment on the brokenness of the playoff system. Do I believe that the teams that are in the playoffs are the four best players or the four best teams in the nation? Yeah, you know what? I, I do at the end of the day. I don't really know who I would shuffle. But do I believe that, especially in your like 2020 where, you know, it's things are crazy, you should throw in a Coastal Carolina or, I mean, really Cincinnati, but you should throw in an undefeated Cincinnati? Yeah, why not? You just had a Notre Dame team get blown out, and you've just set up a rematch, potentially, for a third time on a season. Now, granted, you shuffled some things around playoff committee to not have that rematch happen in the first round. Um, Ohio State did not look like one of the top teams in the nation to me, to be honest with you. I, I Let me take back what I said earlier about are those the top four best teams. Maybe Ohio State, but I think that that team would have gotten tripped up in the season had they played norm, a normal season, or had they had to play a gauntlet of a season like the ACC and the SEC did. Um, they got the benefit for the doubt. Uh, it, it's just broken. I think we need an expansion. The TV rights are up in 2023, I believe, so that's the earliest you'd probably see an expansion happening. I think we're going to eight immediately once those TV rights are up. Um, and, and But you know what, honestly? I really believe that the group of five teams should break off from the Power Five and say, we're going to have our own playoff system because we're getting gypped, we're getting left out, we're never going to be able to do enough in these guys' eyes to make it into the playoffs. And, and that's okay because here's the thing at the end of the day though it's a slap in the face um it's okay that we want to say i test whatever but it feels like we're just going with the biggest fan base is the most tv money what's going to get the most viewership that's what it feels like when you leave out of cincinnati for an ohio state uh who hasn't played even half the amount of games it that's what it feels like when notre dame gets blown out and it's not even a question of potentially putting someone else in it feels like this was their dream to have these four teams meet in the playoffs because that's what brings in the most amount of viewership. And it just feels like we're pawns in a biz- bigger business. And so I, I, I don't want there to see another subdivision of football. I love when we, you know, there can potentially be shakeups. I want to feel like a Cincinnati can have a chance to run the table. I, I love what's the best part of March Madness, Pierce? The Cinderella teams. The best part of March Madness are when the FG, when the Florida Gulf Coast College, whatever they're the, Florida Gulf Coast University, rather, not college. I'm getting caught <laughs> up in my words. Uh, when when Florida Gulf Coast or when, uh, you know, Wofford or... Butler. W- Butler. Now, they're, they're legit say they're now. Bigger, but they kind of came time, out of, and they were still exactly. a respected program, but it was like, since when can a Butler make right. back-to-back national championships and actually have a realistic shot of winning? The best, the best part of March Madness is when a 16th seed makes a run. 16? Yeah. 
16's only beaten up one seed once in the history of the okay, tournament. Okay, well, whatever. But, but like, 13s, 12s, Whatever. I don't watch enough sure. college, uh, college basketball. But my point is, the point, point is, valid. when there's a Cinderella team, mm-hmm. everybody gets behind that. Everybody gets super excited. That would be the same thing. Do you not think that the whole country who's so freaking sick of Clemson and Alabama wouldn't rally behind a Cincinnati team? They absolutely would. The college football committee is just nervous because of the fact that they, they need viewership, they need eyeballs, they need business, and things of that nature. Um and it, it feels like a slap in the face. And what you're being told, group of five schools, is you're never going to be able to do enough to make it. So a couple things to add to that real quick. I think you probably heard of them. Two things to add to the to the comparison to college basketball. Where I think the co- where college football is really struggling now with the playoffs, unfortunately, especially the last four or five years, is the fact that college basketball builds up and builds up and builds up until it's the crescendo of, of the, of March madness until it's, it reaches that culmination. And then March madness is the biggest, best thing. There's great stuff throughout, but the end all be all the most fun thing is March madness college football. The most fun is probably the first four or five weeks of the season, trying to figure out if one team's good. That's a, you have anything to add? No, I'm just, okay. I didn't know if you, I didn't know if I cut you off there. B is the fact that, um, college football more so than any other sport really struggles. They need storylines. That is what's so special about college sports to, to you said it, you have these Cinderella teams this year more than ever. I, and, and it's starting to become uh, scary college football has, has, has monopolized, monopolized the big time programs more so than anything else. And you knew it was going to get to that, but you didn't know it'd be, you thought it'd be maybe like seven to eight to 10, not just two to three. Um, and that's really, really hurting. I mean, how much better? There's no juice in this playoffs. There's just, there just aren't they, I mean, you have nobody. If you had a Cincinnati, regardless of if they got blown out, it would still be very exciting. And, and everyone would be like, Oh my God, we got to tune into this. No one cares about Alabama. No one right. cares about this bull crap. Here's the thing, though. I obviously have made my uh, points known to you. I think these are, unfortunately, the best matchups. I don't know if there are many other teams that could compete with an Alabama or a Clemson. With that being said, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give a standing ovation to the MLB. They changed things up a little bit, but specifically the NBA and the NHL for having this unique playoff situation where they added teams and they gave other teams chances and they had a round robin and they gave teams that were out of it a chance to get back in. I know those were unique situations because they still hadn't finished the regular season. That being said, they they were open to some unique situations, some unique expanding the playoffs, giving playing a round robin to see like for instance, you know, the Preds were were kind of on the fringe and we thought they'd get in after the round robin, we didn't get in. Maybe if we had played a full season, we did. So unique, unique things. If there was ever a time to expand, and I know that gives there are rules around it, and and it, it's tough for the playoff committee to to adjust to that. I I don't think it's really that tough, but there's 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 things like finding out the venues and things like that that it, it adds a different element. Right. That being said, they should this this was the year to 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 try something new and to really solidify that eighteen. Yeah, it's not, it's it's got it. College football is broken and it's got to be reformed. Hey, real quickly, what's your ugly performance of the week? Let's rip through some recaps. Uh, my ugly performance of the week has got to be uh, Notre Dame's uh, championship hopes. I mean, golly, 
uh, of all the teams going into this week, I didn't think that Notre Dame would come out uh, getting blown out. And honestly, uh, I, I think they have a chance to maybe cover the spread, but more so than Ohio State, they ha- I just don't think they have any chance against Alabama and or Clemson when they are at uh, full, you know, when they're healthy and they've got everything clicking. So I think uh, Notre Dame understands that they're uh, they're done for now. Yep, it's going to Lame be, uh, I think, two big blowouts and then a uh, cutthroat final. So, hey, whatever. We'll see. We'll get into that. Uh, we'll have a whole episode just breaking down the playoff uh, as we near that, uh, those dates, rather. Um, but we have got to recap the conference championship week. And we got a couple games that we'll go through kind of quickly Um in order to kind of round out our picks for the weekend, we did pick Coastal Carolina and Lafayette, or Louisiana rather, they go by the Louisiana now. Uh, that game did not happen, so go ahead and mark that off of your recap. The first game, Pierce, Friday night, the Pac-12 championship, the Oregon Ducks were put in the conference championship because Washington was unable to play due to coronavirus. They were taking on the undefeated USC Trojans and Oregon wins 31 to 24 to be the de facto conference champions. Weird since they didn't win their division, but so is 2020 and so is the Pac-12. This isn't necessarily new to them to have weird endings uh, for that conference. Um, I don't have a ton of standout here things, Pierce, um, and this is one that I didn't give a ton to just because I kind of I, – I did, you know, kind of pay attention because of Oregon, but Pac-12 has not been something I've really really cared about this year, which is unreal. It's unusual for me because I usually am really dialed in, but just knowing that they got started so late and they weren't going to have a chance despite having an undefeated team going into conference championship week. Um, not, I mean, Clay Helton has saved his job this season. Uh, but uh, should be interesting to see what USC is able to do next season. Oregon's got to figure some stuff out. Uh, Tyler Shaw is not the answer at quarterback, I'll tell you that much. So, uh, And he's a freshman. Maybe he'll improve a little bit, but you do have to go find somebody. Uh, and Crystal Ball is a good recruiter, so we'll see what happens there. Like I said, Oregon wins 31-24. to Yeah, and this is the most Pac-12 thing ever. I mean, you know they wanted USC to win. They they played this game so that USC they would have this argument of we could we we have someone that was undefeated. Why aren't why isn't a program like USC in there? Right. That's why they and forced then they had Oregon to, in. Yeah. And then they had to force Oregon in. And Oregon beats them. And and quite frankly, uh, Keaton Slovis threw for uh, you know over three hundred and forty yards or whatnot. Yeah, um, fifty eight attempts or something like that. So well, if you watch this game, he was. He was backing up every throw. the The line had no chance against Kevon Thibodeau and company. I mean, they were absolutely beating him up. I felt bad for the guy. Um, he threw some early picks, and that really put him behind the eight ball. And uh, you're right, Oregon didn't really have to do a crazy amount on offense. They didn't have to put up crazy stats to to beat this USC team. What USC uh, lacked, and and they tried, and they and they had. I I, I will admire them for their ability to to get off the schneid and really figure out. Okay, they're just trying to manhandle us right now. Let's let's fight back. They really did a good job of that. Oregon just came out with a chip on their shoulder. They were talking smack. Very borderline. A lot of close calls there to roughing or taunting and things like that. But but it brought USC. It brought the best out of them. It was a fun game, and I was uh like I said, I I was really intrigued about this game going in, and uh, it did not disappoint. The 
Big 12 championship between the Oklahoma Sooners and the Iowa State Cyclones. These two teams played earlier in the season, and Iowa State got better of Oklahoma in that one. But the Sooners avenged their loss from back in October 27 to 21. They win their sixth Big 10 or Big 12 rather title in a row. Uh, Spencer Rattler has got things rolling just in time. Unfortunately, a little bit too little too late since they do have two losses in the season. They were not necessarily in playoff discussions, but they should be relatively ranked high uh, for the 2021 season. Uh, all in all, a good finish for Oklahoma. Not a great season, obviously a little bit less uh, expectation, uh, less fulfilling of expectations like they would have liked. Uh, this is a team that's used to go to the playoffs. That being said, to avenge their loss, you got to like that. 27 to 21 is the final there in Jerry World. Yeah, this uh, I, I thought Oklahoma would have a little more success through the air. Give credit to uh, Iowa State's defense; they 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 played a little bit better than I thought. They 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 played well all year for the most part. I thought they would um, I thought they'd struggle here. I thought I thought Spencer Rattler and company would uh, maybe find a little bit more success through the air. I think the big highlight here is you got to give credit to, uh, to to Oklahoma's defense. They really they really stood up here and they won the turnover battle. They picked off uh, Bryce Purdy three times and Brees Hall only only averaged 3.4 on the ground only got 79 total yards I mean a lot of people thought he might be an outside shot or was someone that was being overlooked uh for for a Heisman season he had a great 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 campaign this year Oklahoma's defense stood up and uh regardless of how Oklahoma's offense may not have uh, wowed you they did enough I, you gotta like what this team has moving forward the Big Ten Championship, the Northwestern Wildcats and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Ohio State wins 22-10. to Not the best performance ever from the Buckeyes, but it was enough to get it done and take home the Big Ten title. We already kind of talked about it. Justin Fields did not look good. Trey Sermon looked stellar. Uh, Peyton Ramsey didn't look good for the Wildcats, but their defense really stepped up. Unfortunately, their offense was unable to convert some of those uh, takeaways uh, and mistakes that they forced the uh, Ohio State offense into uh, the Wildcats offense was not able to convert those into points. Uh, that being said, I don't think a lot of people anticipated Northwestern sticking around like this. That's a very plucky defense, and they really did pressure Ohio State into being lackluster. So we'll see if that was just a flash in the pan uh, from Northwestern. They have a tendency to go up one year, down the next year, up one year, <clears throat> excuse me, down the next year. Ohio State getting ready, obviously, for the playoffs. They're going to have to make some major improvements uh, in order to beat Clemson. That's all I know, Pierce. Ohio State, 22, Northwestern 10 for the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, I mean, most notably, they need to, uh, Justin Fields needs to, he can't throw for only 140 yards, 141, whatever it was, and he, he, he needs to clean up the mistakes. However, I'll say this, it wasn't pretty. Ohio State didn't look good, or didn't look great, I should say. They looked they looked good. You know what it looked like? They looked like a Texas A&M team. And 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 I'm trying to compare the two, and and I'd say Ohio State's the better of the two, if that's your argument. I guess Notre Dame now, after getting blown out, is but Fields is better than Kellen Mond. I, I'll argue that to the death. Now Fields was awful this game, but you've looked at it when you're going to run the ball as much as they they did, and it's a product of of their success. So you shouldn't knock them for this, but when you're able to run the ball as successfully as, as they were with Trey Sermon and you're playing a, a, a bend, but don't break defense, but one that's pretty good on the back end with their DBs, take what's given. Don't, don't, you know, don't force things on the back end. Um, you know, if they clean up some of those turnovers, 
I think Ohio State covers this spread. It, it may not be a, a massive blowout, but they cover this spread, which uh, well, was what, like 17? Um, mm-hmm. So there are, are areas there where Ohio State can clean things up, and I do think they have the better of the two quarterbacks. And if he doesn't throw a couple of those picks or if things are, are, are open a little bit and different defenses facing you, yeah, I mean, you can hit some of those big throws. They were missing Chris Olave. So don't write them off just yet. I do think they have a lot to clean up. I certainly think they are uh, on the outside looking in. But yeah, I mean, how, how could you write off the Buckeyes? So wasn't pretty uh, from a, a viewing perspective. I like how they were physical, and, and I think a running game will only help Justin Fields moving forward. Another early in the season loss was avenged in the ACC championship with the Clemson Tigers taking down the Notre Dame Fighting Irish 34-10. to uh, Notre Dame looked not ready for prime time here in this rematch. Trevor Lawrence, I mean, is he the difference? Is he really what gets it going for Clemson? Yeah, that, that question was answered. Um, I don't think it was enough to be a Heisman moment per se. I think the Heisman's coming from Tuscaloosa. That being said, he's proven that he is absolutely, I mean, Clemson's still good regardless, but he is absolutely secret sauce for them. And he's just next level for this Clemson offense. I don't know if they have, or are ever going to have another prospect like him. And if they do, Holy crap, uh, I will be um, flabbergasted. That being said, Notre Dame didn't look good. They had three fumbles. Uh, that certainly is not going to help a team like Clemson. Uh, I really like what I see from the Tigers. Thought it was going to be a bigger blowout than it was. Clemson kind of put the... F- I don't think they really like purposefully put the foot on the brake. Um, I just think it was kind of one of those things where, hey, let's we got this in the bag. Let's not like go out and, and throttle them because we need to preserve our... our um, health and safety of players and things of that nature. Um, I don't remember the line on this one. Uh, was it 10? So not a cover. Uh, not 10 even and close a half. To a cover. I think we, 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 uh, yeah, not even that, close yeah. to a cover there. Uh, 24 point deficit there. Um, Notre Dame. Hey, you joined a conference in a normal year. If you went 10 and one, I don't know if you're getting in, uh, but you went, you joined a conference and you got the benefit of the doubt. Good on you. Have fun in independence next year. Uh, Clemson 34, Notre Dame 10. Yeah, the big question is, uh, is Lawrence that big of a deal? It was uh, Notre Dame. They lost the momentum early. They, uh, you know, there were some instances there, some plays there that they, you know, could have. You just felt the whole game. Boy, this is a team that needs those big plays. If they don't, they're just, they're, they're sitting on pins and needles. It's not like they can afford to miss on some plays. And that's how Clemson was. And. I think Skalski uh, at the linebacker position, uh, you know, really helped them. Brought an aggressiveness. They 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 couldn't quite run the ball as effectively, and and you know he was really good out in space and really good getting to the to the quarterback. Blew up a lot of plays. That was a huge difference. I didn't think it would pay, it would pan out that way. Uh, give credit Clemson. I mean, shoot, they uh, they proved us wrong. They're always good, and uh, even though they were a favorite, a heavy favorite. You know, a semi-underdog role coming off that loss a month and a half ago, a month ago. Uh, give credit Clemson. I think they've uh, fully written off Notre Dame, and that's hard to do in just one game. Rounding out the Power Five Conference Championships, the SEC Championship. I fell asleep in the third quarter here, Pierce, because it was a blowout, and it was late. I'm used to this game being at about 3.30. It was at 8 o'clock in the evening. Woo! That was a late one. Uh, but Alabama wins 52-46 to over the Florida Gators. Uh, this score looks closer than it really was. Florida was able to put in some points late. But it was all Alabama from the outset. Uh, they looked really good. Uh, Devontae Smith could win the Heisman. Mac, uh, Mac Jones could win the Heisman. Uh, Najee Harris could win the Heisman. I don't know who it's going to be. They should be the three finalists, in my opinion. Um, unreal 
offense from Alabama. Scary good offense, considering we thought that, you know, hey, we don't really know what's going to happen at the quarterback position. Alabama fans thought, hey, let's let's have Bryce Young this year. I don't know about this Mac Jones guy. We were calling him a game manager. I think he's anything but. Uh, he's, he's, you know, I think a little bit overlooked in my opinion. Um, Florida, on the other hand, things were not great there for the boys in blue. Um, five fumbles. That's not going to help versus an Alabama team. We knew their defense was bad, Pierce. Uh, they really weren't able to get They many. only lost two, though. Oh, you're right. You're right. But still. So thank, it's still not great. Yeah. I mean, ball control but is still awful. A lot, but. Yeah, exactly. You can't do that. Again. It just shows you the difference. In, in, 100%. The discipline. The, exactly. That's the that's the nail on the head. The discipline between a Saban team and a Dan Mullen team. Um, we knew that their defense, the Florida defense, was bad. They proved that as well. Alabama's defense still struggles. That's going to be interesting to see how they perform at the playoffs. Um, they, you know, they looked really good down the stretch. This game kind of exposed some of their weaknesses. But the Florida offense is going to do that to teams. So we shall see how they're able to get things together uh, in the postseason. Like I said, all Alabama all night long, despite the final score, putting a, putting a run in late there. Alabama, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say holds on because it wasn't a holds on. Uh, 52 to 46 is the final in the SEC championship. Yeah, it's very interesting, this game. You know, it, it's hard to even question this, but had Florida had two more minutes, I think they could have come back. I really do. They had that momentum going in. But they, they, they made too many errors, to your point. They had too many uh, mistakes. Mullen had some questionable uh, game you know game management, especially at the end of the first half. Mac Jones and company, that's one thing they're not going to do. They're going to take their chances, and they're going to execute on their chances. And, and Mac Jones is, is operating an efficient clip. Najee Harris is, I mean, doing his thing, and, and I think the best running back in football. And I also, uh, you got the best weapon in in and Devonta Smith, you had some fortunate things. Obviously, when Mac threw that pick to Trey Dean and and John Mechie, absolutely lit him up. But that's that's what it comes down to. Uh, and and when you have some flaws like a Florida team that they do with their inability to run the football, it's gonna it you're gonna have to you can't make mistakes. You got to be a hundred percent firing on all cylinders and take advantage of everything that you're given. And I I know it's crazy to say, but even the slightest of overthrows, underthrows, missed opportunities from Trask, despite him having a spectacular game again, you you can't you can't have that. You gotta you gotta convert on everything because you're 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 not at a hundred percent. You're limited. So give credit to Alabama. Where where I'm not surprised. I, I I'm surprised they didn't cover, maybe not cover the spread, but be a little closer. However, they kind of coasted towards the end, and, mm-hmm. and Florida was just able to take advantage of some uh, prevent defense. Absolutely. Well, let's cover some of these games that we did not, or are not covered championships, but that we did preview. We'll go through these kind of quickly since they're not really games of intrigue. Uh, the number fifth, or the number fifth, the number five team in the nation, Texas A&M Aggies, just left out of the playoffs. They beat the Tennessee Volunteers 34-13. to No word yet if Tennessee is firing Pruitt, although you got to think that's coming down the line. I did hear speculation that these recruiting violations are uh, that they're uh, you know, trying to un- not trying to uncover something. They're trying to get in tr- themselves in trouble, uh, but that these recruiting violations that are now uh, coming to light that they're investigating might be a way to try to get out of their contract with Pruitt if he's at the heart of the issues. Uh, we'll see. It's going to be another messy coaching search in Rocky Top, in my opinion. We shall see. Uh, we were here for the last one. It was uh, Tennessee Sports Radio was fun during that little stretch. It was. Let me ask you about this though. I think the only home run hire they could have is Freeze, yeah. and if they're trying to uncover or even just like use that in, as an excuse 
when Freeze is already going to struggle on the recruiting trail because people are going to negatively recruit him, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be toxic if he comes back in. On top of that, Tennessee's already in, has recruiting violations, and mm-hmm. that was the final nail in the coffin. I don't think they can afford that. I think Pruitt's back next year. Just my my two cents, but yeah, that's fair. That's I also very think fair. they're going to play this very close. I think Fulmer's going to be plays very close because this could ruin his legacy. Yeah, that was just speculation. Although you could go get uh, Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. Good point. If you're trying, I like him he's, a lot. He's a Tennessee guy. He's from he's from East Tennessee. He'd go there in a heartbeat if offered. So I like that a lot. Um, yeah. That could be their next hire if they do want to do that. Um, any comments here about Texas A&M, Tennessee, Pierce, or should I move on? Kind of, uh, kind of how I thought it would go. I thought Tennessee uh, would would maybe hang around in the first quarter, first quarter and a half, maybe two, and A and M was going to run the football, run the football, run the football, and play some good defense. And you know, they they ended up covering this spread, but it was always going to be close. And they don't have the wow factor to get into the playoffs. They they can't score on anybody. They just they play what Georgia has the last two years, and that's that's where they're going to get a fifth seed. Uh, the AAC Championship, the Cincinnati Bearcats taking down the Tulsa Golden Hurricane 27-24. to Cincinnati had not played a game since November 21st, and the rust certainly showed, but the Bearcats get it done. They feel uber disrespected to not be in the playoffs. You know, hey, we can we can debate that. I, I actually do really want to get into that in the offseason, Pierce. I think that's really fascinating to talk about uh, the playoff situation. I know we both have thoughts and feelings, and they're not quite the same. Uh, Tulsa reaches their first, or not their first, I'm sorry, they reached the championship game after three straight losing seasons good for them they almost got the best of the Bearcats but Desmond Ritter and company are just too good uh, there in the ACC AAC championship Pierce uh did you, did you catch any of this what were your thoughts no but gotta give credit to Cincinnati coming off a uh you know a layoff here um due to COVID and whatnot um give them credit Tulsa's a covering machine I kind of expected it to be around this. Not much more to add. Uh, I hate that Cincinnati didn't have more of an argument to get into the playoffs. I think they should have. Uh, but they they still came out, and despite the small small win, they, uh, they, they performed better than I would have thought. Boise State 20, San Jose State 34. The Spartans from San Jose State win their first ever Mountain West title. Good on them. Uh, they improved to 7-0 on the season, despite being the underdogs in this one. This was one that I knew. Sleeper pick, take San Jose. They were getting seven points, and I thought they could win outright. They did. 14 points better than the Boise State Broncos there for the Mountain West Conference. Pierce, um, I know you took San Jose, too. You were high on them as well. Uh, any thoughts on this one? Nick Starkle. Nick Starkle, I mean, absolutely killed it, uh, and we'll get to him on Braggers. Over 450 yards through the air. Um, he's been the difference, and you got to give credit to San Jose State. Who would have thought San Jose State would upset uh, Boise State for the conference championship? I, I, I mean, regardless of how good they are, I wouldn't have expected it. Um, so got to give credit to uh, San Jose State. Last but not least, Air Force 7, Army 10 what a boring game, but good on Army. They retake the Commander-in-Chief's trophy after losing it last year to Navy. Uh, they beat both Army, or not, I'm sorry, <laughs> Army beats both Navy and Air Force on the season. They improved to 9-2, and two, and we already talked about they are going to a bowl. So that's super exciting for the Army team and uh, Jeff Munkin, who you, you, I'd, I'd want to play for that guy if I was playing college football. So good on Army. 10-7, to 7, boring game, but hey, when you have two triple option teams, that's what you expect. Just take the under. That's all I yeah, got to say. For, Just take the, the under. The under was 38 points. That was my favorite play of the I day. I know, and it was 38. I think it was 38 in the Navy game. I mean, just take the under when you've got two triple option teams, especially uh, these uh, service money. academy teams. So, 
Um, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> the funny thing is Army completed one pass and it went for zero yards. So they had zero yards passing, but that's all you need. Uh, they they uh, they just play solid. They, they know how to win. It's It's not pretty, but they know how to win. All right, Pierce, it is time for our braggers of the week. This, of course, is where we celebrate the individual accomplishments on the weekend, people that stood out for these teams. We've already talked about the teams in general. Let's break it down to who stood out on the weekend with our braggers of the week. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Damn! First off, we got Trey Shropshire, uh, wide receiver at UAB. Say that 10 times fast. Yeah, Shropshire. Uh, You know, I I did say it about 10 times, and I had it all down, and then I botched it there. Well, that's Wide receiver at UAB, five receptions for 180 yards and a touchdown uh, as they get the win there, especially uh, great for them coming off a a layoff and then playing Rice not so well last week. Good for Trey Shropshire and company. Got to give a shout out to the Oklahoma D. Yeah, I'm giving it to the whole defense. They held Brees Hall to 79 yards on the ground, average of 3.4. They picked off Purdy three times and held Iowa State to 21 points. Got to give it to Oklahoma, and they've struggled for uh, at least a decade now. So uh, maybe things are getting back on track. Got to give it to Trey Sermon. Had the uh, performance of the week, 29 carries, 331 yards, 11.4 average, and two TDs. Absolutely dominant performance there on the ground. Kayshawn Boutte, uh, wide receiver from LSU, give it to the Boutte. 14 receptions, 308 yards, and three touchdowns was a huge uh, reason why LSU was able to get it done there in sloppy conditions uh, in Baton Rouge. Nick Starkle, just talked about him, San Jose State QB, 32 for 50, 32 of 52 uh, for 435 yards and three touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, got to give credit to them. That's a huge, huge performance against uh, a considered powerhouse in Boise State. Last but not least, actually, I've got two more. Back Jones, QB, Bama, 33-43. How can we leave him out for 418? Five TDs, only one pick. And last but not least, Simi Fahoko. Simi Fahoko. Ooh. Uh, Stanford, 16 receptions, 230 yards, and three TDs. Uh, as uh, Stanford put up some crazy numbers against UCLA. Uh, was a fun game to watch uh, if you if you did tune in. Absolutely. Well, that is going to do it for our Braggers of the Week. That's going to do it for our Week 16 recap. Like I said, if you are not subscribed, go ahead and do that so you don't miss any of our podcasts. Might have some bonus stuff for y'all down the line. If you're a watcher of Mimosas with Madison, we will be on a hiatus with that until the uh, playoffs, just because some Saturdays there's going to be two games and some Saturdays there's going to be eight. So uh, no, since we're done with the regular season, that's going on hiatus, but still follow us on social media. I'm, I've got some projects in the works for y'all at Bragging pod without the G and I am tweeting more as well. Trying to get Pierce involved on the Twitter as well. We'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll teach him to type here in the off season so that he can start tweeting for us. All right. That's going to do it. Let's finish with our overreactions and get out of this uh, puppy, blow this popsicle stand, whatever you want to talk about. Um, my Pierce, my overreaction is, Angry Cincinnati out for blood. And that makes me really nervous for Georgia. Man, I wish I had looked at uh, an overreaction for the incoming bowl games because that's perfect. I, I, I'm i with you there. Mine is uh, mine's a little bit... Remember, this is an overreaction now. So th- I'm going to go ahead and spoil this. I don't necessarily believe this. Well, but you I, can't show your cards before you... Buckeyes, zero chance in playoffs. Okay. I agree with you there. See, I think I don't know if I, I, the overreaction, I'm overreacting. Well, here's the thing is they'd have to get through both Clemson and Alabama. Agreed. Could I they do potentially think, beat though, Clemson? Maybe. So I do think, though, Alabama that too. there will be a different 
it's not going to be like Alabama, Notre Dame. It's not going to be like Notre Dame has zero chance against Bama. They're a lame duck. And it's a shame. I thought they'd have a better chance. Ohio State, though, as bad as they're coming in, has the talent to where if they can click, they have a good chance against Clemson. I'm not going to say they're going to win, but they have a good chance to make it a game. I mean, you we'll look at see. last season. Mm-hmm. Last season, they were right there. They they really outplayed Clemson, um, even though I had Clemson, so I was rooting for them. Who's to say they can't go out there? They have a lot of the same players and go out there and beat them. I, I'm, I mean, but again, uh, it's an over. Remember when these were supposed to be five words? I know. I, I turned it like into. I turned it into two hundred and ten. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. We will see you with the next episode, which will be right down the pike. So, for Bragging Rights, I'm Madison, and I'm Pierce. Stay blessed, y'all.